What's up, guys? Welcome back. It is Captain Cook. This is Spicy Memories, the podcast about food and life and stuff. How is everybody doing? It has been a minute uh, since I've had a podcast. It's been a busy couple months. I'm going to keep you updated on why maybe I haven't done a podcast uh, recently. And we're also going to talk about um, stuff that you can cook while you're quarantined, which a lot of people are right now, you know, social distancing at its best. And yeah, we're going to talk about what's going on with all this in general. And um, also a little bit about insecurities and stuff that I'm worried about when I cook and things that haven't changed and all that. Uh, So yeah, let's just get started right away. Uh, Before anything, I'd like to mention our sponsor, absolutely fucking nobody. Um, Nobody sponsors this episode. Who in their right goddamn mind would sponsor anything like this? Probably somebody who really, really had nothing to lose. But we are looking for sponsorship. Uh, You know, anybody out there who wants me to plug their products, let me know. I certainly will. Um, But yeah, so let's just get right into it. So first of all, I wanted to, you know, just say this is, this has been like, this is, this is insane. This is crazy. All this like quarantine shit, you know, it's like, I I have no idea. I mean, this thing spread so quickly all over the place. And I don't know. I think a lot of people now were just not prepared to be home. And that's another reason why at the grocery stores, especially, which I wanted to get into, like everyone's been freaking out about getting all the supplies and getting everything they need and all that stuff. And the thing is like, it's not that you automatically become like a hoarder or that you, you know, just like, you know, take everything and raid the stores and empty the shelves. The problem is, is that when you start doing that, you make everybody else do it. It's like, I can't go into a store and still, you know, if I still need toilet paper and paper towels, I can't go in and see everything empty and be like, oh, oh, well, well, you know what? I'm, I'm just not like that. So I'll be okay. No, like if you still wipe your ass and you need toilet paper, you know, what are you going to do? Unfortunately, I don't own a bidet yet. But I'll be working on that one with my wife and try to try to get one in here pretty quick. But the problem with all that, especially with the grocery stores and stuff, is that when you start hoarding and you start cleaning out the shelves, you make everybody else do it. And then it's just like a chain effect and it just gets worse and worse, basically. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I it's it, it's almost it's insane. I didn't know that the coronavirus made you shit uncontrollably and apparently spill everything in your kitchen to where you need paper towels. Like, if nobody had started doing that, they would still be in stores at the same rate. Like, that's the problem, is that people just freak out during times like this, and they just hoard a bunch of shit, which is fine. If you really get that scared, and you think that people are coming to kill you, then, you know, what are you going to do? Nobody can nobody can help you, I guess. But anyway, so, let's get right into it. Um, hope everyone's doing okay with the quarantine. Uh, the last episode, I was with Boozy Hops. Uh, my two lovely ladies from across the pond there in Nyack. And uh, yeah, they've been, from what I understand, they've been doing pretty well. And um, I was upset to hear the last time we had a podcast, they were a Defiant Brewery. Or no, not Defiant. Not Defiant. Shit, what's the name? Uh, Evil Twin? Oh my god, this is going to bother me. I don't want to fuck up the name. Hold on. Okay, I think it's Evil Twin. I want to say it's Evil Twin. No, maybe not Evil Twin. Evil Twin Brewery? Fuck! Oh, that's not it. Son of a bitch. Uh, Defiant? I'm fucking up the name. Anyway, I will find the name. Um, So, anyway, they gave me this beer called Gummy World, right? And Gummy World... What? Ah, Two Villains. Fuck! Okay, (laughs) sorry. Two Villains Brewery. Okay, Two Villains is in Nyack. Um, It opened up, I believe, in October, I want to say. 
maybe after that. But uh, they gave me this. They gave me this. Oh my god, this IPA called Gummy World, and it was it was crazy. I was on the podcast, and I had to like try and focus while I was speaking because they're giving me this beer, and it literally smelled and tasted like gummy bears and gummy worms, and it was just it, it was unbelievable. And they don't have it anymore. So I wanted to give an update on that because last time we mentioned it and since then people have been listening and I don't know where if you can get it in stores. It we had it in a can. I'm sure you can't get it anywhere because who knows, maybe it didn't sell enough. Maybe John and I and Sarah were the only people to actually drink it. Who the hell knows? But so that's an update on that beer. That shit is gone, unfortunately. So um yeah. But yeah, so since then uh, a lot has happened. Uh that we 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 entered a new year. We entered twenty twenty. And uh, it was it's it's insane that this is 2020. It's the start of a new decade, and I'm just I'm starting. I don't know about you guys. I'm starting to feel super old. I mean, like like catastrophically old. Like I, I don't. And it's weird because I think like I think as you approach the age of like 30, right? And this is gonna sound super pretentious and super millennial, but whatever. As you approach the age of 30, I think you first start to become super aware of the fact that you've been alive for like decades, right? Like, when you're young, it doesn't really matter. When you're young and you're, like, 18 or 19 or something like that, you you don't fucking care about anything, you know what I mean? Let alone, uh, you know, how long you've been alive, what it really means, all that shit. Like, nothing, none of that really matters at all. But as you get older, and I think as you approach the age of, like, 30, you start to kind of get this, I don't know, this kind of nihilistic view on, like, how quickly you've all of a sudden hit almost three decades, Right? And that's like, it's a weird feeling because then all of a sudden you just get like super pessimistic about a bunch of stuff for me at least where I'm like, I don't know. You just realized how quickly everything just kind of like with a snap of a finger just went there, you know, I don't know. But, uh, I, I, we had a new year. I felt super old and felt like dying, which was crazy. Um, almost had a world war three. That was fun. And now we have a pandemic on our hands. So, so far 2020 has kind of sucked. Um, but yeah, the reason that I haven't been on to do podcasts and I've had to reschedule some stuff and all that stuff is, um, I, uh, my wife and I have actually been looking for a place to buy in this area over here and that's been a fucking treat and a half. Um, so yeah, I, I if, you, if any of you guys out there have ever gone through the process of purchasing, it's totally fun. I would totally recommend it. It's, it's obviously worth it. Like, you know, you're going to get a place that you own and a place that's yours and stuff like that. So that's, that's great. But at the same time, it's just a, it's just like a huge draining thing on your soul and you get invested into places. And if you really, really love a place, you put a bid in and then if you get outbid and the either go with whatever, you know, like we even had an apartment where I'm not going to mention any names. I'm not going to mention any addresses or anything like that because I don't want anyone to find out or whatever. But, um, we had an apartment that we really, really liked, and we made a couple offers, and then the actual seller of the apartment wanted to know if we could leave more money down, and I was like, why? And that's what I said. I was like, I'm like, I'm the one that has to pay the bank back. Who cares? He gets all the money. And yeah, it was like, I think that maybe they had a sale fall through, and they wanted to just find out if people were like financially stable. I'm like, I'm not going to leave more money down just so you feel better about the sale. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, people are are fucking crazy when it comes to this stuff seriously so i don't know my wife and i have been learning a lot in the past couple of months because we pretty much started like jan the first week of january we reached out to a real estate agent we were like let's do this and uh it's it's been a nightmare and a half and now especially uh i <laughs> i don't even know now would probably be a good time for us to take advantage of the market but then again i don't know who's gonna still sell 
because everybody's terrified that everything is on the verge of a collapse. So, anyway, now that that fun part is over, uh, let's get into some food stuff. Yeah, 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 food stuff. So, um, main thing is we are all quarantined, yeah? And what do you think of when you want to cook, you know, quarantine stuff and being stuck inside for me it's you would think it's a lot of cans and stuff like that but honestly it's like i don't know for me i think it's a lot of like breads and whatnot i think it's a lot of um i don't know i think it's a lot of like a hearty like not even hearty like like doughy thick fluffy clouds of just amazing fucking carbohydrates um you know i mean for me i'm in the middle right now actually of a focaccia rising and focaccia, I love. It's super easy to make. It's like four ingredients. You know, I used, it's just like all-purpose flour, some yeast, water, salt. And optional, I use it because it makes it taste better, is olive oil. I mean, usually you would use olive oil on the bottom of the sheet pan. Once the dough is spread out into that giant square, you load the bottom with olive oil and flaky sea salt and then let it rise again. So that as it does its second proof and rises again, it's soaking up all the olive oil from the bottom of the sheet pan. That's the idea behind a focaccia is that you want that bubbly kind of doughy air type texture through the bread, but also to have that flavor of olive oil. What I do is I add olive oil into the actual, what I use as a stamp mixer, but into the actual dough mix, I add some olive oil. Um, I just find that it kind of helps with the overall flavor and just kind of keeps it consistent. But that's it. And then you basically bake it, and it's just it's 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 so easy to make. Um, yesterday we did like uh, these pork chop kind of carnitas type things. I don't know. I'm finding that a lot of our meals while we're stuck inside is just kind of out of necessity. I'm not like I thought originally when all this was starting, and much like many of you probably thought, I thought I was going to be, you know cooking these 13-hour meals, I'm gonna make fucking, like, duck confit, like, no, not, not even a little bit, like, you would, you think that you're gonna do all these crazy big planned out meals, but what it turns out to be is something very, a lot more kind of, like, haphazard, and I think the reason for that is, like, um, I don't know, I think the reason for that is, like, uh, you, you get this, like, anxiety built up from being inside, and you just, it, it throws away just, like, completely everything else, um, you know, everything else that you had planned. Uh, but I've been doing a lot of breads. Last night we did these like pork chop carnitas type tacos. Basically, I had two different kinds of pork uh, chops. Uh, a loin and just like a good like pork chop with bone in. And um, one, so two boneless, two bone in. And I couldn't, it's not like a loan either of them. You couldn't really have it because my wife and I need more than one pork chop. We're not fucking animals. Uh, so I had this, you know, we had this idea where um, it was I, in, in a crock pot. On low for eight hours, I had red onion, white onion, and tomatoes. Like, just Roma tomatoes that I diced up. And then a bunch of seasoning as if you were doing tacos. Threw the pork in there with a lot of that. Put it on low for, like, eight hours. Took them out. Took out the bones and shredded them and put it back in. Kind of like with carnitas. And it was... It was... It was fucking something else, I'll tell you. It was... uh, It was unbelievable. I even had it this morning uh, with a fried egg on top. Go check that shit out. That's crazy. So yeah, um, now tonight I think we're going to do like meatless, you know, it's not Monday, but we're going to go meatless and I think, uh, you know, we're going to do some kind of fried rice or something. I've been, I've been finding that the more that I'm cooking, I, you know, I, I wanted to try and master a bunch of stuff and I wanted to get my knife skills up and all that. And I, it's always good to improve, but I'm finding that my, where I excel sometimes is like, 
the staple basic like comforts, you know? Like I know how to pump out a good pasta dish even if I have three things in the cupboard. And I know that even with just garlic and oil, I could pump out a really good pasta dish and just eat it with garlic and oil. You know, and like I think if you know your baselines like that, I mean I'm probably telling people things that they already know, you know. It's not it's not a not anything new, but I think a lot of us the problem is that even those basic things kind of scare us away, right? So uh, while I'm quarantined, I'm probably going to do a video, as per my wife's suggestion, on a basic. You know, maybe how to, you know, cook a proper egg three different ways. Maybe how to, you know, make a basic pasta dish. How to bake a loaf of bread. Um, how to make your own tortillas. I bought masa. I can make my own tortillas now because all you need is freaking masa, salt, and like water. Assuming you don't have, you know, pork fat or something. And I mean, the basic concept behind that is like... Um, you know, when you, uh, when you're making corn tortillas with just masa, masa is basically ground up, you know, corn, it's basically corn flour, um, without actual flour. Uh, but when you're doing that, a big, big trick is like, if you have, uh, lard or like pork fat, or like if you have rendered bacon fat, especially you throw that in and it just gives the tortillas like this extra, just like, ugh flavor, just like, ugh. And I mean, even what I've realized is that even if you go just one extra step when you're making, uh, tortillas, or, like, even if you have store-bought tortillas, like, we usually get corn tortillas. This is, like, a big debate against people. I think that I, I'm more of a fan. When it comes to tacos, I am a fan of the corn tortilla, meaning, like, traditional Mexican-style, like, served, you know, con toro, as they say, but, like, everything on there. Like, you know, maybe jalapenos, but definitely cilantro and onions on a flat, like, you know, just one corn tortilla. That, to me, is, like, perfect. Um, there probably is a place in the world for flour tortillas. I mean, especially when it comes to like breakfast tacos, breakfast burritos. I've just found that for some reason, store-bought flour tortillas, I, I don't, I don't know. I find them like super chewy sometimes and I don't like that. So, I mean, even if you make your own, everything pretty much in the world, when you make your own tastes better, um, unless you really, really can't do anything. Uh, <laughs> but, um, that was mean. Uh, but yeah, I mean, corn versus flour, I think that each of them have their own place. I'm more of a fan for traditional tacos of, like, corn. Um, to me, that's, like, you know. But what I've been doing is we get store-bought corn tortillas for our tacos here. And even the simple thing of just throwing them in a ripping hot cast iron pan and, like, roasting them dry before you throw the tacos on there, it makes all the difference. It brings out so much of the aromas and flavors inside of the corn tortilla. And, like... That's something that you wouldn't even, like, a lot of people just don't do. They just eat it raw, which is fine. Um, even if you wrap them in a damp paper towel and throw them in a microwave for 30 seconds, it completely changes, you know, completely changes the taste of the tortilla. So, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, basically, I, that was, you know, so, uh, Jesus Christ. Some of the quarantine stuff, I've it's kind of thrown me for a loop. I thought I was going to be making these long, drawn-out meals, and it turned out to be more of well let's see what the fuck we have because i think that there's this like being cooped up you know kind of isolation anxiety that gets thrown at people and that completely changes your plans and how you want to go about stuff and all that but yeah so um that's that and yeah you know after you people listen to this let me know i guarantee you we're probably going to be quarantined for a bit so i'm sure this is not you know the 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 last thing you'll hear <laughs> so you know feel free to send me a message on Instagram or Facebook or email me and let me know your favorite quarantine recipes. I'm going to run through a few easy ones right now and I'll probably, I'm going to end up posting them as well. But, um, a few easy ones that I found online from a few people 
mainly Joshua Wiseman and um, stuff that I got, you know, ideas for that maybe you could do while you're, you know, while you're quarantined. Uh, if you want to send me an email, my email is captaincookinfo at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at captaincooksfood, all one word. Same, facebook.com forward slash captaincooksfood. Now, speaking of my brand, uh, let's get into just a little bit about the hot sauce. I'll give you guys an update, see where we're at. Basically, um, the second campaign had ended. Let me just get it clear out of the way now. So the reason that I started the campaigns and the reason I did that was because before you get proper license in New York State, as I've said before, legally you can't sell a hot sauce like this. Basically, um, you know, it's just it, – it's I, I didn't want to get my business audited or shut down before it even started. And be it, it goes back to the acidity of the product. So basically because I make something so acidic – um, I'm just not able to produce it and just sell it at a farmer's market without a license. Now, to get that license, I need to take a course that Cornell offers. In my case, I'm doing it online for the University of Tennessee. It's basically to make sure I don't kill people while I make something so, you know, so acidic. Um, so while I was doing that, the only way I could legally sell the hot sauces on Indiegogo, I did it the first time, and so many people enjoyed it, I did it a second time. It turned out that like almost altogether, it was like almost a thousand dollars worth of hot sauce that got out there, like hundreds, uh, like a hundred bottles altogether, um, and like more of the people that won through giveaways and stuff like that. So I, I just wanted to take a couple moments just to really, really, really seriously thank everybody. Not just thank the people that bought it off the campaign, but the people before who are my testers who got it during giveaways. Um, those people took a chance on a product that wasn't even like developed yet and I was still working on the recipe and it really means the world to me that people uh, you know showed so much support so now because of all that I'm gonna be taking the course probably within the next couple weeks um, which is great that's only gonna be hopefully about a week or so and then problem is now a lot of parts of the government are kind of shut down so I'm not sure when I can uh, apply for and schedule apply for the license and then schedule the health department inspection uh so that'll probably have to be put on hold but at least i have everything lined up to ready to go my original goal was to have everything set up by the summer uh so that i could just hit the farmer's markets but i don't know what the hell we're all going to be doing by then we may just be here it may be me just talking to you who knows but so um that's that with the hot sauce i want to thank you guys again the next thing that i'm really going to roll out is i've been sending out some giveaways of my fermented garlic habanero honey now, I've realized that a lot of people, for some reason, when they hear the word fermentation, they kind of like stray away, and uh, not everyone is as enlightened as me and my wife and a f- fucking a lot of people that I know that watch the show, but Bon Appetit has this amazing YouTube series um, featuring somebody named Brad Leone called It's Alive, and on It's Alive, as you can tell from the name, it's all about fermentation. Now, what fermentation is basically down to its core is controlled rot. Now, that sounds gross, but basically with the help of yeast and in some cases just, you know, controlling the amount that uh, things develop, um, that things ferment, basically, you could get amazing flavors. You can get preservation out of it. Um, In this case, what happens is the garlic uh, ferments and kind of the cloves inside of the honey ferment, and it just infuses the honey in just like such an amazing way. And all you need for this, for a basic version, is two ingredients, all right? Really good honey, none of that honey bear shit, like good raw unfiltered honey, and um, the garlic cloves. That's it, just like nice big organic garlic. And you just smash the cloves like a little bit, take the skins off, obviously, and you put them in a mason jar. 
You fill the mason jar with as much garlic as you want, maybe 10 cloves, maybe 12, maybe two heads. I don't care. And then you fill up the rest of the mason jar with honey, probably leave about, I don't know, maybe three fingers of space that equates to about maybe three inches, four inches of space. Um, not, not even four inches, what am I saying? Maybe like two inches uh, from the top of the honey to the top of the lid, just to allow a little headspace for the fermentation. Now, minimum, leave that in a dark place in a shelf closed for three days. And what's going to happen is these beautiful bubbles are going to form and you're going to get all this air inside with that headspace. Um, if you really want to go crazy with it, the minimum that some people say that you should not even open it until is three months. That's crazy. But um, yeah, so basically that, as it turns out, ironically, will actually be less of a pain in the ass for me to produce and sell than the hot sauce. So go figure. Um, but yeah, so that's the kind of the next thing I'm going to be doing. And, uh, I also have a couple more flavors of the hot sauce to roll out. So it's, you know, basically through all of this, what you should take away through this entire process that I've been taking you guys with is that New York state is kind of the worst. (laughs) Sorry, that's mean. It's true though. I look, I applaud the governor and de Blasio for trying to deal with all this crazy shit that's happening right now as they have. That's fine. But also, this should kind of be an insight into how, you know, they just make it very, very hard for small businesses to do anything in New York State. Um, And that's, I think, what I've really learned more than anything throughout all this is that they've made it insanely hard for, like, small businesses even to roll out something that I'm going to end up having to sell for, like, $8.99. They basically make you spend, like, thousands of dollars in licensing and fees and stuff like that. And, uh, you know... It should be a lesson for all of you that if you want to do something, it's fine. It's just, it's, uh, it takes a lot. So, but yeah, so that's the story with the hot sauce. Um, now as far as quarantine recipes that you guys can try, uh, there is something that I kind of came up with that I was thinking about. I love Nashville hot chicken. I don't know if you guys know what Nashville hot is. It's basically Nashville hot chicken is a ridiculous, ridiculously good mixture of spice blends that is usually with fried chicken and it's it's just like usually will burn the fuck out of your mouth but basically if you could get a nashville hot recipe you could google it and they'll give you a bunch of different um you know herbs to mix together the basic one is like uh you know cayenne brown sugar paprika chili powders black pepper garlic powder you know all that stuff um and my idea was i wanted to dice up boneless chicken thighs and then marinate them in salt for like 30 minutes or so, and then I wanted to make like Nashville hot chicken nuggets. That's what I was thinking about, you know, especially with like boneless chicken thighs, because you could cut them into the sizes that you want, and they also wouldn't be those like chicken nuggy kind of interiors that are like mushed up chicken mush. You know what I mean? Like, you know, chicken nuggets, like chicken nuggets are good because of the skin. Can we all admit that? Like nobody knows what the fuck the inside is, you know, it's basically like a chicken patty. Chicken patties, like we have no idea what's inside. It's basically ground up chicken stuff. But like with the chicken, with boneless chicken breasts, you can kind of cut them to the size you want. So my suggestion for that would be, you know, take a, take a, a good size dice and then yeah, marinate them in, you know, salt for at least 30 minutes in the fridge. Maybe in, um, you know, maybe in buttermilk if you want to float that way. And then, yeah, you just, after you bread them and you do an egg batter and flour twice, you fry them at 325 in the oil in batches. And then after it's done, you mix in the spices and that's it, man. That's, that would be Nashville hot chicken nuggies. To me, that, that is true bliss. Nashville hot chicken nuggies. 
Now, aside from the Nashville hot chicken, something that I kind of wanted to try and take on um, is something called dynamite rice. Now, um, for those of you who know who Roy Choi is, um, he started the Kogi trucks out in L.A., and he was also the person who trained Jon Favreau how to cook for the movie Chef. Um, Small side tangent, by the way, if you have not seen the movie Chef, by far one of my favorite cooking movies of all time, simply for the fact that it is just, uh, it's it's not necessarily about cooking, per se, it's more about this guy's relationship with his son, and him trying to find, you know, the kind of happy medium of what he needs in his own life, which is great, but um, through that, you see incredible recipes and cooking, and they take it back to, like, you know, rudimentary kind of fundamentals of, like, you know, Cubano cooking, or, you know, Miami-style Cubano cooking, at least. Anyway, Sean Favreau, it's really him cooking a lot of the movie, and it's really him t- chopping, and it's incredible, and he was trained by Roy Choi, um, and the two of them became friends. In fact, that thing you see on Netflix all the time, suggested for you, if you love food, is The Chef Show, and that is that. The Chef Show is Jon Favreau and Roy Choi cooking with celebrities and people in amazing restaurants all around the country. Basically, Favreau was kind of annoyed that the movie was over and he could no longer cook with Roy, and he came up with something to, uh, you know, substitute that. Anyway, so um, basically what Roy Choi does is this thing inside of his new restaurant in Vegas called Best Friend, which is called Dynamite Rice. And the Dynamite Rice is, um, uh, you basically take this rice, right, white rice, and then you mix together um, equal parts uh, black vinegar and soy sauce, and then you put a little bit of sesame oil, mix that in, and then you pack that into a cast iron pan or a broil safe pan. Um, now basically he adds fermented, after that he adds a fermented hot sauce into mayo and then another, some more soy sauce, and that gets spread on top of the rice in the pan, and that's basically thrown into the broiler, um, or bake, if you don't have a broil at home. Now, after that, he takes it out once it's broiled, and he tops it, like, cover to cover of the pan with uni. And uni, for you, those of you who don't know, is, like, sea urchin. It's very, very good. It's just very, usually expensive. Um, and then, like, maybe white onion and cilantro and stuff. And that's, like, dynamite rice, basically. So it's, like, each bite is just this this amazing infusion of, like, this incredible soy and black vinegar and a little bit of sesame in the bottom. Um, so I kind of wanted to try a version of that. I'm not able to get my hands on uni right now. And that's fine with me. I'd actually maybe do without it. So maybe do one just with like cilantro or white onion on top or maybe just caramelized onions. I was thinking of something like that. But now aside from that, I got a shout out to my boy, Joshua Wiseman. If you guys do not follow Joshua Wiseman on YouTube, then you should. I say my boy as if like he and I know each other. The guy's got like over a million subscribers. <laughs> like it's not, he's not a, he's not like a small, a small town kid. Um, but he he came up with a recipe that I really, 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 really want to try. And I love prosciutto, and I love duck. But this is duck prosciutto. And you don't really need anything asides from one, like, duck breast and lots of salt. And then, you know, like, a, a couple of the spices if you want. But mainly you could just do it without salt. You're making duck prosciutto, so basically you have to cure the duck. Um, which means that you're leaving it completely covered in salt for a minimum 24 hours in the fridge. Um, and I mean covered, bottom, top, all over the place. You pack that shit with salt. And then after that, you rinse it off thoroughly. He wraps it in a cheesecloth after it's rinsed off and dried. And after it's wrapped in the cheesecloth, he ties uh, twine to it, and he hangs it in the fridge on the door for 14 to 18 days. And after that, you get 
duck prosciutto. You get this amazing cured duck that you could slice super thin, and it adds almost like a little bit more of like a gaminess instead of having the ham. And if you want to avoid a fatty thing like the ham, and you like duck and you don't mind, then, you know, I'm so I'm I'm really really trying to try that. I don't know if I'm gonna be, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna be uh, in here for that long, but we'll see. Um, so those are just a couple recipes and things I want to mess around. I also want to try to make my own fresh mozzarella, but I, I never ended up getting the citric acid or the rennet, and those are the kind of two essentials that you need, pretty much. Um, I'm sure there's other ways to do it without that, but I just, you know, it's, I'm not into that. So I don't know. We'll see about that. But, um, I don't know. Making mozzarella is hard, too. The cheese, it's not only about adding everything, it's all about temperature. Like, you have to bring up the milk in the pot up to exactly like 90 degrees and then immediately remove it from the heat you gotta pour in the rennet and then stir it for 30 seconds exactly put the lid on let it sit for five minutes it's like it's like there are these all like and that's my, been my problem one of my downfalls and this is ties into like some of the insecurities i was talking about where um my insecurities go like when i look at like a recipe that has multiple steps and it's very 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 stringent on time I like freak out. I'm not about that life. I'm like, as Roy Choi says, I'm more of like a squash, you know, squashbucking pirate. I like to just kind of like you know, throw things in, like a substitute where I can. If something's too salty, you add more butter, add more water, whatever. You know, like I, I, I'm very much like heat of the moment type cooker, uh, type cooker. Jesus, cooker, really? Oh God, the fuck is my grammar? Uh, heat of the moment type cook. Um, so like recipes like this, I'm sure it's totally worth it. But I don't know about the rest of you. For me, it just really, really gives me anxiety. So, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have no idea if, uh, you know, I don't know if any of this will help you or if this podcast is just going to induce more anxiety. I haven't done this long of a single podcast pretty much yet. I've had some other ones planned, but um, I don't know. You know, it's just, uh, it felt like it needed to be done, I guess, right? So, uh, that was that, basically. So, uh, you know, the Nashville hot chicken, the dynamite rice, and the duck prosciutto, those are the three things I'm probably going to attempt. Um, one thing that I did make a recipe for per request is Old Bay egg salad. Now, for those of you who know Old Bay seasoning, right? Crabs and lobsters, best friends. Um, and also for Bloody Marys and stuff sometimes. But I went to the grocery store maybe two or three weeks ago, and I found Old Bay hot sauce. First of all, what the fuck? I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that Old Bay was going to pump out a hot sauce. That is so insane. So I immediately got the bottle. I came home and I just drank it, honestly. I took like a good like four tablespoons straight of this hot sauce and I could not get enough. That belongs inside of a Bloody Mary, which belongs inside of like its own eggs. It's just, oh my God, so good. But I basically came up with this idea of um, like an Old Bay infused egg salad. And on top of that, I actually posted on Instagram, I want to say last week, I threw my pickled red onions on there as well. Um, but for the actual egg salad, if you want to make this, I'm going to give you the recipe right now. It's not not hard. There's only a few ingredients, so don't worry. We'll get through this together, okay? Minimum two hard-boiled eggs. Now, this recipe is just for two hard-boiled eggs. If you're going to do double, do double, etc. Uh, so two hard-boiled eggs, maybe one teaspoon of salt and two teaspoons of black pepper, because I find that the black pepper mixed in with the mayo and all that stuff, it just, it helps. Um, you're going to do one and a half tablespoons of mayo, so basically you want a, a decent amount to go all the way through the two hard-boiled eggs that you're going to throw in. And then I do half a teaspoon of um, uh, turmeric, and then I do a whole tablespoon of Old Bay hot sauce, 
you can obviously do more if you want. I did mine just so it wasn't turning it colors. Like you could taste it, but it didn't make it like pink. Now you mix all, you crush that, you combine it thoroughly, and you have the best egg salad that you have had in a minute. And what I throw, I throw it on top of toast, and then on top of that, I put my pickled red onions that I I pickle in white Modena vinegar, like basically white balsamic vinegar in the fridge. And the longer they sit in the fridge, the sweeter they get. So those go on top, and that sweetness just cuts through that kind of like um, you know the the thick kind of like egg mayo kind of mixture there. Um, that is definitely something to try. These are all things that you could do with things that are at your house. I'm not into finding these crazy ingredients for recipes and stuff like that. You know, I'm very much about, you know, just finding stuff that's in your house. So, um, yeah. And, uh, I I don't know. I mean, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. So basically we're trying to just keep it alive here. We're trying to survive and I don't know. Um, I'm, uh, I wanted to check in with you guys. And I wanted to tell you a couple more things that are going to be coming out pretty soon. So I'm going to be doing some more content on Instagram. I'm going to be writing a couple blogs, but mainly I'm going to be focusing on the hot sauce. Once the hot starts, hot sauce starts selling, it's going to have a website set up. It's you know I'm gonna I'm gonna really start moving with it because I want to try and get rich off the hot sauce. Because um, who wouldn't want to just get rich off hot sauce money and not have to work a regular job, right? That's come on. Anyway, if any of you guys have any recipes that you've been making in quarantine, I 100% would love to hear them. Um, I am always looking for new stuff to do, especially if I'm going to be stuck inside. All right. Everybody try to relax. Enjoy. Wash your fucking hands. All right. Just drink a lot of water and, you know, we'll all get through this. All right. Just, uh, you know, find something good to watch on Netflix. If you haven't started Vikings, watch Vikings. It's on Prime and Hulu. Okay. If you haven't watched The Witcher... Stop being an idiot. Watch The Witcher, okay? My God, who are we here? We're not fucking animals. These things are at our disposal, okay? Watch The Witcher. Jesus. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for listening so much. This has been Spicy Memories. I will come back in another episode, hopefully with more people. This is our quarantine episode, and let's call it Quarantine Quack. Huh? Why the fuck not? Anyway, enjoy, you guys. I love you all, and I will see you very, very soon.